Hello and welcome into BTN's Take 10 Podcast. This is Alex Root of BTN.com and just want to reemphasize that it's the BTN Take 10 Podcast, not the Penn State Take 10 Podcast because if you're looking at this show, you know, it's the second week in a row that we've had a former Penn State Nittany line on the show. Last week we had current Arizona Cardinals center, former Penn State lineman AQ Shipley on the show, which by the way, go check that out if you haven't already. And this week we got another former Penn State Nittany line on the show, current Chicago Bears safety Adrian Amos, who held it down in the uh, Penn State defensive backfield for four years, and like I said, is now a member of the Chicago Bears. So Adrian actually finished up an OTA this week and headed straight over from practice at Hallis Hall down to the BTN Studios here in downtown Chicago. Got him in studio, got him on TV, got him on the podcast, and uh, it was a great time. Really good dude, fun guy to, to sit down with. So as much as I try to mix it up uh, equally amongst the 14 schools in the Big Ten, so happens that we have two consecutive Penn State guests, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that because plenty of uh, interesting Penn State discussion go around, and especially when you get two NFL guys on the show, always uh, always looking for current pro talent uh, when, they, when they're available, and Adrian did not disappoint. So we'll get to that interview with Adrian Amos in just a moment. First, uh, just a couple of reminders, as always, here in the Take 10 podcast, be sure, if you haven't already, to subscribe to the show. So if you're listening on SoundCloud right now, Hop on over to either iTunes, if you're an Apple customer, or Google Play if you're Android. Um, it's also on Podbean as well, so make sure you subscribe on one of those platforms if you haven't already. And if you like the show, please leave a rating and a review. Really appreciate it. Um, one more reminder before we get to Adrian. We have a coupon code still active on the btn.com online store. That coupon code gets you 10% off any order on the btn.com online store, which is overflowing with swag, gear, anything you really need uh, that aligns with your Big Ten fandom, find on the btn.com online sco- store. And coupon code is TAKE10, capital T-A-K-E, one zero. Use that, as I said, to get 10% off your order on the btn.com online store. All right, so we'll get to our sit-down in-person interview with Adrian Amos. We talk a good amount of Penn State football, some Chicago Bears football, some of Adrian's interests. And we do it for about a half an hour or so, and we'll get right to it. It's current Chicago Bears safety, former Penn State defensive back Adrian Amos. It starts right now. All right, so I'm very pleased to be joined by a former All-Big Ten defensive back out of Penn State, currently a safety for the Chicago Bears. And he's sitting across from me here at the BTN studio in Chicago. It's Adrian Amos. Adrian, thanks so much for being here, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we just had you on to do a little TV bit, and they uh, they made you put a little makeup on. You ever put makeup on in your life? No, they ain't put. I didn't let them put makeup on me. A little powder to get the shine off you. All right, get the shine. So <laughs> I, I, you didn't know they were gonna do that, did you? <laughs> no, no. I didn't either. All right. So it's getting to be that kind of time of year. Time of year in Chicago now. Um, you know, the weather's warming up a little bit. It's a good time of year. You guys are getting back to practice. Have you been able to enjoy? You know, kind of. Summertime shy with the football not being in full swing quite yet. Um, I really I haven't. Um, I've been going back home to Baltimore a lot. Um, my family been saying they they want to come you know explore Chicago a little bit more um, because you know usually when we get off time I get back home but um, this year I told myself we we gonna go explore some of Chicago more of Chicago. Where would you take them? Uh, where some tourist spots you'd have to take them to? Um, just. Just, just find places. Just Michigan Ave. There's a lot of different places that people suggest. You know, um, I know 
my family want to take a picture next to the bean and stuff like that and uh, walk the beach some, at, one, at some point and stuff like that. How do you think uh, Chicago compares to Baltimore? Just, I guess you grew up there, so you've lived here for a few years now. How do you compare the two cities? Um, well, I'm biased towards Baltimore, mm -hmm. between every city, I think. Baltimore is the best in the world. Right. Um, but um, Chicago is bigger. Um, you know, it, it reminds me of New York, but it's cleaner than New York. So it is cleaner, like, it's yeah. Like the, there's no trash on the side of the street yeah, like in New York. It's, so. a, it's a little different. It's, it's It can get busy, um, just like New York with, with the traffic and stuff like that. Absolutely. All right, so in this podcast that I do, I like to get into the players' backgrounds, kind of where they came up. Uh, obviously, you mentioned you're a Baltimore guy, you're a Penn State guy, so we'll talk about plenty about your time at Penn State. But I want to go back a little deeper uh, to your days growing up in Baltimore. So tell me a little bit about, about your upbringing there as a football player. How did that city kind of shape you? Um you know, when I was little, I started playing uh, for the Overly Orangemen um, when I was six, some around that age. And um, I was a quarterback all the way growing up. Um, I was real competitive. I played, I played uh, football, then I played basketball. Um, you know, uh, yeah, so I, I was a quarterback, and I was a mm -hmm. linebacker. Play every position. Utility player, pretty yeah, much. Every place play everything. I was a kicker also. Oh wow! Rec, rec ball. So, um, yeah, I played a lot. Um, and you said with like, how Baltimore shaped me. You yeah. Know, just uh, Baltimore is just a. Um, yeah, it's rough in you know certain areas. Just like everybody has you know, rough areas. Um, my family kept me out of. The, my parents kept me out of a lot of trouble. Um, you know, even as far as away from cousins that wasn't doing you know, what they were supposed to do. So, you know, I had a lot of people around me that, um, you know, was positive influences to me. So um, I didn't fall to, you know, what everybody think how Baltimore is. You know, everybody think about Baltimore as in, you know, crime rate and different stuff like that. But, um, you know, I stayed in sports, you know, so I stayed in sports and, you know, that, that keeps a lot of people out of trouble in Baltimore. I was going to say, comparing kind of the two cities, I feel like Chicago and Baltimore kind of have both of those, yeah. uh, that broad brush stroke that people paint it with is, you know, right. it's crime ridden or it's a, it's a crime capital. Right. You kind of see those similarities between the two, having lived in both? Oh, yeah. Just, you know, just like with Chicago, when you actually get to Chicago, you realize that um, the bad areas is really certain sections. I mean, every and just like anywhere else, you know, that certain sections are, are bad and then worse than others. But, um, you know... Growing up, I, like I said, I don't like to complain because I know somebody always got it worse. So um, I think Baltimore, you know, it's a lot of talent there in Baltimore that a lot of people don't get to see because of those those reasons. Just like Chicago, there's a lot of talent that um, you'll never know their name, but they're better than some people who have made it. But um, slip through the cracks, kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah, slip through the cracks, just get in trouble with different things like that. Yeah, I was gonna say. I, mean, I was just in Baltimore for the first time a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Nice city. Right. Went right by Dunbar High School. You mentioned all the talent that comes out of Baltimore. Yeah. What is it about that area and, and the DMV area too? You know, with Maryland, DC, Virginia. What do you think it is about that area of the country that produces so much talent, not only in football but basketball as well? Well, just like I said, I mean, um, a lot of these, you know, rough areas and stuff like that. They use football to football, basketball to get out of some of the situations there. And so, you know, a lot of people that's, you know, it's a difference between playing ball, um, 
just for leisure than playing ball because that's my dream to to do something. So, um, you know, it, it's just a lot. It's real competitive with it. You know, everybody at the court at the same time. Uh, you know, some of my toughest basketball games was on the court outside uh, after school. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that's where you learn how to be tough, how to be competitive, how, you know, how to deal with somebody pushing you down, you mm -hmm. know, get back up and keep playing. So you learn a lot of stuff like that. All right, for sure. So you're the Baltimore City Defensive Player of the Year. Right. End up at Penn State, stay out east. So once you got to Penn State, what was the kind of process for you carving out a role and becoming a, a big contributor in that program? Um, came in freshman year, playing corner. Um, I played here and there. Um, I started a few games at corner. Um, and then scandal hit yep um you know so that was a big thing whether you know when the scandal hit everybody turned into a five-star recruit so every country every school in the country even the ones that came out and said they weren't recruiting people they was recruiting so um you know you had to we decided to say that's why me allen um alan robinson alan yep. robinson Dion, kyle carter donovan smith and there's a name for there's a name for that group. Yeah, what super, is it? The Super Six. Super Six. Tell me about that and how that group come together. Yeah, we we was all roommates. Um, basically, when we were in the dorms, we our rooms was next to each other, and then we all moved into uh, Nittany Apartments, and we was just all together. And um, when this whole scandal hit, um, we was a group together that we decided, all right, you know, if we were gonna go somewhere, we're gonna go together. We're gonna stay. We're gonna stay together. And uh, you know, we chose to stay and you know, stick with the program. So we've just became so close that, you know, right now we still have a group chat that we talk every day, you know. So, um, you know, we just tighten it and we, we pushed each other, you know, extra work we was doing together. Um, you know, we competed at everything. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's why, you know, all six of us, whether, you know, either four of us are playing in the NFL right now, but, you know, everybody is successful at what they're doing right now. So, Bill O'Brien, you, you guys stay. Right. Bill O'Brien takes over after the scandal. It's your sophomore year. What was it about how he went about kind of reshaping that program that led to the turnaround that we've seen now with Penn State football? Um, I think I think O'Brien, you know, you know how they say saved the program. I think along with players, I think O'Brien kind of saved, you know, a lot of it too because I know a lot of people that stayed because of O'Brien, um, and you know how you say. You know Hackenberg, and he, you know, he he's still he committed because of O'Brien, because of what O'Brien brought. Uh, he brought an opportunity to you know play at the next level. He knows what it takes to get to the next level. So you know he came in and he he was a big big part of that. Um, big part of you know a lot of people saying. I mean, along with wanting to honor Penn State and be a Penn Stater, but um, you know a lot of people got to think about their lives as well. So. Mm -hmm. um, I think he gave you know us an opportunity to still play in the NFL system and, and learn you know from somebody who did it on the highest level. And you had to have grown a lot as a player under him because right. you became an All Big Ten player under under O'Brien. What was the transformation for you as an athlete as you kind of grew into an upperclassman? Um, just learning learning the game of football. I think it helped me a lot. That um, transition to the next year, I was a corner, and then. Sophomore year, I was a corner, but I was learning more about football. I was learning how to play the safety position. I was learning how to play nickel position. So year three, I made a transition. I was playing a lot of nickel, safety, corner. I was I played all three positions, sometimes in the same game. And, um, you know, 
it played a lot of part of that that we had the sanctions we didn't have as many scholarships so um just learning multiple positions it helped me at the next level doing a transition to plan safety and just understanding um like today understanding you know defensive concepts and uh, what everybody's supposed to do right and o'brien stays even though he has nfl offers for another year but eventually, after two years, takes the Houston Texans job, right. and uh, James Franklin enters the enters the picture. He had recruited you uh, when he was at Vanderbilt. Right. So, what were your impressions of James Franklin when he arrived for your senior year? And he shows up, and it's a whole another system coming in. Um, he was in, he was energetic. Um, he he had his plan, and um, you can see right now that you know his plan that you know unfolding with the recruiting and getting his system and his guys in um so uh, i mean first when he first came in it was it was like a we were closer to each other than we were to the coaches and sure. stuff like that so um you know by that time i was going into my fourth defensive coordinator this our third or fourth head coach since we've been there so um you know it was it was just a it was good for the program as in he's built it to, to, to what it is today. Um, so um, that transition also when because uh, Bob Shute was a defensive coordinator and, you know, he taught me a lot about football as well when I was playing in down packages and nickel packages and different stuff like that. So, um, you know, I can take something from each one of the coaches I've ever had and, and seeing why, why it made me a better player. Right. You never really want to have too much turnover, but you can also take – a little bit of wow. something from from each coach. So that's good. That wow. in that sense, I guess. Um, Franklin, speaking of him, he's, he's kind of a energetic guy, fiery wow. guy at times. Did you see? You said you were at the Penn State spring game uh, when you came in here. Did you see Keegan Michael Key from Key and Peele impersonated yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he does. He, he sounds just like him. Uh, you know, with certain uh, things he does, and you know, and it helps that he looks just like him. Um, Crazy. Yeah. If you, you know. You look, you have to double take, you know, who, who's really the mannerisms talking are just now. Yeah. So similar. Yeah. All right, uh, before we move on to your time with the Chicago Bears, a uh, couple of questions I'm going to put you on the spot about Penn State. You mentioned the Super Six. Right. Super Six. Um, you have any stories from hanging out with those guys? Any that stand out that, uh, that you know, are just like priceless that you care to share? <sighs> any stories that's priceless? Um, it's too many. I don't. I don't really have a particular story that's that, and a lot of the stories that are mostly funny is not a story that I'm not, be nothing able to, to tell. nothing to share on the podcast. <laughs> to share to tell. All right, so we'll we'll move on. But I'm gonna come back to ask you about Allen Robinson, your Bears teammate, in a minute when we get to the Bears. Yeah. Um, all right, give me a favorite game from your career at Penn State, and, and tell me why that's your favorite. <sighs> favorite game at Penn State. Um. And I could say entire year. I say the 2012 year. Okay. That was the year right after the the uh, sanctions, mm -hmm. and it was like we was just a real close team. And um, I can remember certain games like uh, when we went out to Iowa and we beat them by a lot. And then, but it was just a like we got on a roll and we you know we beat Iowa. We came back from Northwestern down like 17 points, and like with. With eight minutes, seven minutes, eight, seven, eight minutes left, mm -hmm. and we came back and won that game. And um, I remember Ohio State game that that year. Um, still that close call um, on the interception. We had an interception, got called back right. a punt. 
a punt that um, what is it? They gave him a first down. They didn't get first. Down. It was it was a lot of controversy on it that sticks game, with and me. I feel like we should still we should have won that game. Um, but uh, we ended up finishing, you know, number one in our in our side of the right of the Big Ten. Uh, we just couldn't go forever to the Big Ten championship because right. of the sanctions. But um, that was my favorite year. That with everything that happened, we lost like six, seven, maybe uh, maybe more than that. More starters from the previous year that left because of the sanctions, and we just had a big year. All right. So how about your toughest opposing stadium in the Big Ten to play in, or doesn't even have to be Big Ten. Just what's the toughest atmosphere you played in uh, in an away game? Um, Old State, Ohio State. Not just because of the refs. Not just because of the refs. <laughs> no, we yeah. We, I actually beat we beat my freshman year. We beat Old State in Old State, but my junior year we got beat bad mm-hmm. at Old State. Um, I would say yeah, Ohio State. Nebraska is a fun fun stadium to play. It in. is. You it's know, a fun place to go. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a fun, fun stadium to play in. Um, Iowa, they talk, they're right behind you, talking to you. It's so close there. The yeah. sidelines, I swear, are like right. touching the, the right. players. They're, they're right talk to you, yeah. So those three that come off the top of the head. All right, so moving on now, your Chicago Bear, about to enter your fourth season, right, yeah. with the Bears? All right, so you're part of Ryan Pace's first draft class as general manager, correct? Right. All right, so since, you know, he believed in you to draft you and when he was – a rookie like yourself, do you guys do you kind of feel connected to him in that way that you guys are kind of in this together? Um, I don't know. I never really thought about it that way. Um, you know, this it's not stuff like that is not something you know you really think about. You know, on a daily basis, you just. Um, but I know uh, we have a goal to win, so mm-hmm. I would say that. Um, and you know, I feel like it's now the time to you know. We need to take that step, next step, and, and start winning more games. Right, you've kind of been, you know, collecting the talent now. It's been some right. rough seasons, and uh, made some big signings this off season, which we'll get to. But right. when you think back and, and to when you heard you'd been drafted by Chicago in the fifth right. round, what did you know about the city? What came to your head immediately when you got that call? No, I, it threw me off because I, I never talked to Chicago. I didn't know, you know, I didn't have a clue that I was going to be drafted here. Um, what was really going through my head is why am I still falling in the draft <laughs> uh, to the fifth round. So, But uh, once I heard about it, you know, it's uh, all I, th- I thought about the, you know, tradition of, of Chicago, just all the players that I've watched from Chicago, just with, with, with Tillman and uh, Erlacher, um, Tim Jennings, and um, and then go back, then all you hear about is the 85 Bears. Um, but so yeah, you just just hear about that. Uh, I've never I'd never been to Chicago before then, so um, you know I, I I was excited, you know, excited to get started, get going. All right, so you got here at the beginning, kind of of I guess the Bears rebuild under Ryan Pace. Uh, strictly from a football standpoint, the kind of place that you got here and the place you got at Penn State, it, it's a little similar with you know having to rebuild the thing from the ground up. Uh, success on the field ultimately showed at Penn State. Why do you believe that? A similar outcome will have with the Bears. Um, you know, I'm I'm working. You know, the same. You know, I'm working the same. Um, um, and then as a team, we working the same. So we we just uh, we just grinding every day, just trying to get better. We were chipping away with it. We've been, you know, we we was close. Even like last year, a lot of games could have went the other way. 
um, a couple plays, uh, just learning how to win, just finish finish those close games and win those close games. Um, you know, if you look at you know the NFL, you see a team with a you know 11-5 record. You see a team with that only with nine wins, but um, the difference between those two games is who two teams is you know who won that close game. So. Um, you know that 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 I, that's how I feel with, with close. All right, so you're like I said, your fourth year with the Bears. Your head coach has changed. Uh, John Fox was let go. Matt Nagy takes over, but he did retain your defensive coordinator. I imagine that has to help uh, from your standpoint, right? Yeah, and you know, um, consistency in the you know play caller and um, what we're doing, the scheme, um, so you can just get that much better at the scheme. Just learning how to play faster in that scheme. Absolutely, that's Vic Fangio, the defensive coordinator, and you guys have got an infusion of talent as well, including uh, your guy from Penn State we mentioned earlier, Allen Robinson. What, what, did, uh, what was your reaction when you heard that he was coming to Chicago? Um, you know, we was texting back and forth, you know, during those times, and um, you know, it's just a, uh, you know, it's a blessing to be able to play with somebody you played with in, in college, you know, and and somebody you you talk to talk with about playing in the. NFL with, um, you know, that that's the plan. You know, coming in freshman year, it's like, man, what if we all get to play in the NFL uh, together? So, you know, it's a big thing. And in addition, um, which may be more important, that we um, – it helps us win. Um, you know, he, he's a – you know, in my opinion, one of the top receivers in the, in the NFL. Um, he coming off the injury with, uh, years previous to that, you know, Pro Bowl player. Um, he attacks the ball. Um, it, you know, he, he makes something out of nothing sometimes, so um, that'll help us, you know, as a team. You've been showing him around a little bit in uh, Chicago, or not yet? Um, not really. We, I mean, we've been out to you know dinner a couple times, but um, you know, we hang out. Uh, but right now, he just you know he trying to get acclimated and you know get settled, settled in, and you know his focus right now is you know getting back healthy. You know, that's been his. Uh, been his main focus for sure all right so not uh, a ton of wins so far with the bears as a franchise but you had a big moment um recently your first career interception and touchdown in the nfl and that came in your hometown of baltimore at uh, mt big stadium right. um what was that experience like as far as you know playing on the field that i'm sure you probably grew up dreaming of playing on yeah um i actually played on it in high school we played in there every year for right. um turkey bowl um but yeah, it was, you know, it was surreal coming out the, you know, the tunnel in the stadium with, you know, I had 60 people there um, around, um, you know, yeah, 45 of them was my family. And then, so you just get to play in your whole town and then everybody that lives in Baltimore, whether they got cable or not, can watch me play. Um, you know, it may be for the first time uh, since I've been in the NFL. So. Um, you know, it was just a, a great feeling, just just getting back and then for having a a, a good game that game. So hey, you know, it meant it meant a lot. Uh, Ninety yard return. You know, you had some some shakes, some sizzle on it. Who'd you? How many people did you hear from after that game? Was your phone blowing up? Yeah, I mean, before and after that game, just you know, social media, phone. Um, you know, just you know, you know, people just like to see, you know 
success come from Baltimore mm-hmm. sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Even if it's, you know, but a lot of them are still diehard Ravens fans, so they saying, you know, even though I like to, you know, I'm a Ravens fan, I was still cheering for you. Bro. Right, a little conflict of interest there. And yeah. on YouTube, I saw a reaction. I think it was your, your great-grandma. Yeah. Have you seen that reaction where she was watching yeah. your first touchdown and she was reacting to it? Yeah, man. She, um, she's always up and energetic watching all the games. And um, she was actually at the game. She just rewatched. That was the rewatch. So imagine how she was acting oh, man. When, okay. when she actually uh, – when she was there. Yeah, she was, she was actually – you know, it's a blessing that she was up in the press box watching the game. So um, that was a, you know, a big moment for her. That's awesome, man. Um, all right, so a couple questions. Uh, your Twitter handle is smash Amos thirty eight. Uh, first of all, how'd you choose number thirty eight? I didn't. It chose they, me. They gave it to you. Thirty eight right. chose me. All right, it's for life now. Uh, and <laughs> what about the nickname Smash? How'd you get that? Uh, smash. That actually came from college, just with. Um, just playing around, um, lifting and stuff like that. Um, you know, I, you know, power clean and benching all that a lot. So um, I used to say Hawk Smash when I was lifting. It was just playing around and stuff like that. And it was like after the Avengers came out. Okay. And then you know I like the Hawk. So then it just you know just stuck with me right there. And then it just took the Hawk off and it's just Smash. You're Ake- a Akeem Hicks said. Okay. Um, I can't beat a Hulk, so it just got to be Smash. All right, I got you. Is, is that because Akeem Hicks is the Hulk? Or? Yeah, Akeem, he likes to be the Hulk. He's a little bigger than you. Yeah, yeah he likes to you know, <laughs> wear a little tight shirts and say he's a Hulk. So. All right, so you're a superhero fan then? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah I, like, I like Marvel. You yeah. like the Avengers? Yeah. See, I, I hadn't really seen any of the movies, but I did see Infinity War. Yeah. I assume you've seen it. Yeah, so. Okay, so we won't say any spoilers on here in case there's anyone out there who hasn't seen it, but uh, they kind of did the whole dirty in that movie didn't they a little bit like he's kind of lame yeah i mean uh you know they had to make the they couldn't just have a hawk beat everybody up and then it wouldn't be in a good story so yeah i was a little sick that the hawk basically wasn't in a movie basically after you know the, the first couple scenes so um um i mean it can't be a spoiler it's been out for three weeks if okay you seen feel it free yet, to talk if you haven't seen it yet, they can turn the hawk. podcast off if they want they don't want to keep the spoilers yeah. intact but uh <laughs> What do you think of the movie in general? Because it's it's a big deal, man. Like I I liked it. I didn't even know what was going on, but I liked it. Oh yeah, it was a, it's a big movie. I actually watched um, all of the movies leading up to it again, just to you know to, to lead up to that movie, right? And then watch the movie so you can because there's so many storylines that cross over and stuff like that. So um, I think it was real good. I think it was good. Yeah. I just realized your name rhymes kind of with uh, Thanos, the villain. Oh you know, yeah. The, just snap his fingers and. Yeah. That's the, I guess that's a spoiler right there. Yeah, another spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, a little bit more football before we uh, get to wrapping up here. Some um, rankings came out this past off season that uh, put you as one of the top safeties in the NFL, if not the top safety. You're ranked the number two safety in the NFL by Pro Football Focus, which is a analytics-based site. Number one by Bleacher Report. Have you seen those at all leading up to this season? Yeah, I've seen them. I've seen them. Um, you know. Do you think you'd reach that point ever in your career? Or if not, if you did, I mean, I assume you expect the best for yourself. Do you think this soon that you'd be graded that high? Um, you know, the grading scale that they use is, um, you know, that's their grading scale. And and to be at the top of anybody's grading scale, you know, that's a, you know honor. So, um, and then the people that are up there with me on the grading scale, you know, it shows that it's, um, you know, they're good players, you know, great players. So, um I know on PFF, you know, they had me rated high, but the people around me are, 
Harrison Smith and uh, uh, Billiard and and Joiner, players like that who you know were all pros or pro bowlers or had big years. So um, you know, I just want to keep working and pushing, trying to you know uh, try to get better so that I can be in you know that conversation whether people agree with with the rankings that come out or not. I just, you know, uh, I want to be talked about in good company, you know, as, you know, those players are. For sure. And first year under head coach Matt Nagy, uh, why do you think this year is going to be different? Aside from, you know, everyone's working. I know you said everyone's working, everyone's getting better, but um, is there is the culture feel different at all just with the new new head coach, new regime in charge? Yeah, I think I think it's a, a lot of excitement around the building. Everybody's excited. Everybody's you know, glad to be around each other. I think everybody in the locker room is, you know, on the same page. Uh, I, I think the coaches and the players are, um, are mingling well so far, but you never know until the season comes. You know, I, um, so far, you know, we like with, you know, who Nagy, you know, is and how he plays. I mean, how he uh, coaches, you know, so far, but, you know, we never really been in the fire with him. So uh, a lot of things, you know, it's to come, you know, during the season. A lot of things you're going to find out, you know, once the season starts. All right, if you can, give me one piece of dirt on your boy, Allen Robinson, something that uh, he wouldn't want going on the podcast if you can. Something, or something embarrassing about him. I can't do that. <laughs> can't put him on blast? No, man, I can't do that, man. All right. Can't put him on you, all right, that, that group is tight. You're, it's no joke. It's yeah, tighter man. than I thought. Yeah. All right, I got you. All right, let's wrap up. Uh, Tweeting a lot lately about the NBA playoffs. Uh, I assume you've been watching closely. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, right. yeah. Who's uh, who's your favorite favorite athlete in the NBA? Favorite player. Favorite player in the NBA is um, Westbrook. I like Westbrook. I like the way he play. How aggressive he is. He's an animal, um, man. Yeah, he's an animal. Um, you know, I mean, with that aggressiveness, you know, it's going to be, you know, you're going to have turnovers, things like that, stuff that, you know. The thing that people love most about you is sometimes the thing people hate most about you. So, right. so I, you know, I just like I just like the way he play, and then I was, you know, I was a big Mellow fan when he was, you know, I'm still a Mellow fan, but Mellow wasn't the same guy this year. Kind of fell off a little bit. But hey, hey, but you know, he's a scorer, so I look forward to him bouncing back. Hopefully, get a fountain of youth next year, <laughs> and uh, you know. Get some buckets again. There you go. Uh, what about a KD fan? Uh, being from that part of the country, you know, kind of a similar area. You like KD? Oh yeah. I mean, he's just, in my opinion, um, I know a lot of people get mad at me for saying that. I think he, you know, right now I'm not saying career wise. I'm saying right now he's the best basketball player in the world. Okay. Because I think I just think he's a. You, it's nothing you can do with him. Like who who are you gonna put on? You can't. You can see you can't put LeBron on him. You can't put Kawhi on him. He just. When you're seven foot and you can dribble and you can shoot over anybody and it's like nobody there. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's pretty hard to play against them. So I think I know your answer to my last question. I was going to ask LeBron or MJ. Uh, I mean, you're, you're in Chicago now, but if you don't even think LeBron right now is better than, uh, than KD, I know you said career-wise that you, you think LeBron might be better, but uh, what do you think, LeBron or Jordan? Since that's, it's a cliche topic right now, but I'm interested to get your take on it. Oh, no, I, for the KD, what's the name? LeBron is better all time. All time I right. would put LeBron I got over you. Yeah. just because of all he can do. But 
we talk about all time. All time, I, I LeBron think, Jordan. I Jordan. I think Jordan. Why's that? You got somebody that you imagine. I know LeBron been breaking records, but Jordan averaged thirty for his career, and then in the playoffs, averaged thirty three or thirty over thirty three, a little bit over thirty three. So, like. I'm a big buckets guy. Mm-hmm. You can get buckets, and it's not like he's he's just shooting a lot of shots. He's he's getting buckets, and they're winning rings. So he has six championships, and um, uh, with and he's been with the same team the entire time. And um, besides the last two years, he came back with the Wizards. But in his prime, I put Jordan. Anytime you can, and he did it on all ends. You know, he was nine time, ten time, uh, uh, all. NBA first team defense and uh, led the league in steals a couple of times and and things like that. So yeah, I'll go with Jordan. All right, made a strong case. MJ still the goat. You heard it here. Getting you know you won't lose any fans in Chicago saying that. But uh, Adrian, that's all I got for you, man. Thanks so much for coming in. Really appreciate it. Uh, had a great discussion. Best of luck. Obviously going forward with the Bears. I'm a Bears fan myself, so uh, I hope you kill it this year. All right, thank you. Man. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. All right. All right, thanks once again to Adrian for joining me. Really appreciate him coming down, especially right after practice, to stop on into the studio and uh, give us some of his time. It was a really good discussion, and as a, as a Bears fan, it's fascinating to kind of hear how that uh, rebuild's going. And it's been a while since the Bears have had a good product in the field, and I think, along with many other Bears fans and, and some in the media, that the Bears will have a, a nice rebound season, especially with a head coach that has a little more uh, a little more life in him than, than the last guy did. So looking forward to see what Adrian and the boys can do going forward. All right, and with that, we'll keep this episode short and sweet and wrap up for the week. Thanks, as always, to everyone for listening. Shout out, as always, to Wes White for producing the show. And we'll talk to you next week here on the Take 10 Podcast.